Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. At Traditional Medicinals, we believe that nature knows best. That's why we use medicinal-grade herbs like echinacea to support your immune system, eucalyptus to help give you a breath of fresh air, and ginger to promote healthy digestion. Every which way we turn, Mother Nature is there to greet us with her amazing healing plants. Visit traditionalmedicinals.com and use code WELL20 to see what makes our teas so incredible. Hi, everybody, and welcome to It's Not a Crisis, a podcast for women in their 40s, searching and trying to figure out life and making the most of it. Before I get started, I have my very first sponsor, and I promise to only have sponsors that I truly believe in. And I know that we are all freaking out about what our kids are going to do this fall. Uh, I definitely am. So check this out. My daughter did an online storytelling camp this summer, and I kid you not, it was one of the most inspiring things that she did all summer. They're offering it this fall. It's truly amazing. I actually had um, a couple of friends send it to me and tell me that their kids had this incredible experience. The program is called Written Out Loud. It's a small online storytelling program taught by Hollywood filmmakers and Yale professors, and they teach the kids in small groups how to tell stories inspired by the stories they already love, like Harry Potter, Stranger Things, Marvel, Frozen, and Hamilton. It's all on Zoom, and the best part is that they group kids together based on their creative tastes. So if you have a 10-year-old who's into Percy Jackson, they'll group them with other 10-year-old Percy Jackson fans across the country, and they can end up being friends for life, which is really nice. Over the course of a few months, they write a book together, and I'm telling you, this program has turned over 300 kids into published authors. My daughter did it with her friend, and they absolutely loved it. And you know how most kids hate Zoom. They looked forward to actually doing their storytelling Zoom sessions every day. So uh, the fall program starts September 14th, and enrollment is limited. They will sell out, so register now if you have a creative kid between the ages of 8 and 16. They can really and truly write their very first book this fall. The program is called Written Out Loud. Go to writtenoutloud.org, not .com. That is writtenoutloud.org. And let them know that Doran sent you. I am so excited about my guest today, because not only is she a very good friend of mine, I've known her for many, many years. Um, and I'm so inspired by her daily. Michelle Spieler is uh, not only a ridiculously talented makeup artist um, who has worked in both film, TV, and commercial and print, uh, she has started this, in my opinion, much needed uh, social media following for women um, in their you know 40s and 50s. So Michelle is 53. She looks amazing. She's gorgeous. She has amazing beauty tips, hair tips, health tips, exercise tips. <laughs> if you go to her Instagram, you'll fall in love with her. And she's now on TikTok, which we're going to talk about in a second because. Um, I have also kind of joined TikTok, and in my last episode, I said I never would do it. So anyway, we are going to talk today all about beauty, um, but not just makeup. Uh, we're going to talk about your skin, and we're going to talk about beauty within and how um, how we can take care of ourselves as we're going on this next chapter of our lives in our 40s, because I think I'm noticing for the first time at 43 that things are changing and it's changing with every year. <laughs> so um, I, I've i been blessed most of my life with good skin, um, but I'm starting to see some major differences. And, you know, that's that's life. But uh, so I would love to introduce my beautiful and wonderful friend, Michelle Spieler. Hi, Michelle. Wow. Hi, Doreen. What a great introduction. I don't feel worthy 
but I would lo- I would love to say that um, I do I've seen your skin in person. It is absolutely gorgeous, and what I wouldn't give to be forty three again. But here we are. <laughs> I I hear you. I always know you're exactly ten years older than me, and our birthdays yes. are right around the same exact time. Yes. So I'm going to tell you how I met Michelle. So first of all, let me preface this with, I have been obsessed with makeup and hair since I was a little kid. I, I If you asked me at seven years old, what do you want to be? It was a hairstylist. And I would make over friends. They would come over. Um, I'd like take the girl in school who maybe wasn't that popular and kids were kind of mean. And I would like make it my project to bring her home and change her wardrobe, hair and makeup. And and she'd go back to school and everyone would be like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, uh, um, but I would, you know, even as I got older, I would blow dry friends' hairs and whatever. Um, it, it helps that my mom was very into uh, beauty and has taught me a lot. But while I've done a lot of different things, mostly interior design, um, but as I've mentioned in my podcast in the past, I've, I've done a lot uh, because I just can't make up my mind. And I just like doing so many different things. So I worked, um, briefly only about four or five episodes on the show, extreme makeover home edition. And I think this was back in 2004, 2005. Is that right? I think I'm thinking four. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Michelle was the makeup artist in the trailer and I was like the I don't even know what it was, PA, whatever, um, uh, design. I was, I think my title was assistant design producer. I don't know what that means. Um, so, but my favorite place, while I I actually loved working on that show, it was like one of the most memorable times in my life. And I, I just thought it was so much fun, but I used to hang out in the trailer, which I probably shouldn't have with Michelle talking about makeup and watching her do makeup. And I think even once, I did makeup on one of the cast members when you couldn't do it or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got, I got, I got deathly ill in New Orleans and you, I think did Preston. Yes, I did. And I never put makeup on a man before in my life. Uh, so that was, um, that was interesting. I think I did. Okay. I don't really remember, yeah. but, I'm, but, I'm um, just to follow with this. So anyway, we, we're chatting and chatting and, and just became fast friends and have kept in touch ever since. Uh, Michelle has moved from LA to um, North Carolina. So I, I haven't seen you in so long, but, um, and then just to, just to also give a little bit of my background, which Michelle knows years ago when I had a podcast and a blog in 2005, Michelle was one of my first guests on that podcast, which is crazy. Um, yeah. remember that on Doran's dish? I do. I do. Yeah. I loved it. And we even did one with your mom. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we did. Too. Which we by did the one. way, I am oh. going to do a podcast with my mom again. Cause I think, I think it will be really popular. Um, oh, I think, I think the whole world needs to hear from Arlene. I agree. I agree. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. So, um, so, and then just, just to give you a little bit about my background. Um, so when I, I had moved to London for a couple of years and my husband was working and I couldn't get a work visa and I kind of felt judged by my family with the idea of ever going into makeup or hair. You know, when I was younger, I cared more about things like that. And I was like, you know what, I'm all the way in Europe. I'm going to take makeup and hair classes. So I did a four month intensive makeup and hair. I did um, movie makeup. I did, you know, bridal, regular, uh, you know, everyday makeup, um, face painting and hair styling. And I loved it. It was so much fun. I even did the queen's cousins makeup. <laughs> um, and then I started a beauty blog after that, just like writing about my favorite products, because as I've posted in my Instagram feed a few times when I like a product, I'll post it. And I've done that on my Instagram. Um, and I love, I still love doing it. I love trialing products. And by the way, Michelle, my 13 year old is now doing this. She's obsessed with skincare and she like always wants new products. She's like, I just like testing them. And um, it's really funny. Where did you oh, come Lord. from? Oh yeah. Lord. Gen- gener- generational. I know. Totally. So with all of that, um, 
we are going to get started and uh, and have a chat because uh, Michelle has so much to add, and you guys are you, you're going to follow her forever after this. I promise you. Oh, I think that um, we have to definitely blame our moms because I grew up with a very glamorous mom. She wore lashes every day of her life. She looked like Barbara Eden from I Dream of Jeannie. Everywhere we went, people turned and looked at her. And so I got into that whole makeup and hair and skincare at a very, very young age myself. And now I have passed that on to Gracie. She's just like Tatum and she absolutely loves skincare and natural makeup. She's not all about that heavy Instagram look, but she oh. loves, she loves, you know, Millie Bobby and the Florence line and goop and, um, Tatum too. Our daughters are the same age too. They are. They are. Yeah. We got to get, get them together someday. Yeah. Tatum's turning 13 next week. Oh, crazy. So my mother, um, and if you, if you're ever interested in my mother. I have an Instagram for her, my mom, Arlene. Um, I don't post all the time, but she is a character and she's wonderful and glamorous and beautiful. Um, she wears a lot more makeup than I'll ever wear, but she, uh, my whole life, people would stop her and be like, your makeup's so beautiful. You do such a good job. Are you a makeup artist? And she would always do my makeup um, and did it really well for you know prom or whatever. Um, so but but my mom's my mom's skincare routine is two hours in the morning and two hours at night, which I will never ever have the patience for. It's definitely a sport for Arlene, and, yes. and, she's, and she's just funny. She's just naturally funny, right? She is naturally funny. So we both agree uh, in our forties and fifties that it's not. I, I do want to get into makeup because I, I think I have a lot of questions for you, Michelle, and I think other women do too. But what you're doing right now, which is which is so wonderful, is that when we get older, uh, our skin and um, our hair and our nails is is from within. Uh, it's it's no longer we can't just be as careless as we were in our 20s and 30s. Um, so I'd love you to talk a little bit about some. Um, you know, for I guess starting with um, health and things that you think should be included in our lives for the exterior as well as um, skincare. Yeah, well, when you approached me about the show, um, I, I think just to keep it concise for the audience, you know, I think we both really love the top five tips for looking younger. And um, definitely, um, one and two are are very important, have nothing to do with makeup. But um, I would say that number one is to get yourself on a good skincare regime. And I don't care what that is, as long as it is a daily, regular skincare regime. People will often tell me, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're 53. You look, you look so good. What's your secret? And I used to always just say, oh, it's just DNA. But I thought, you know what? No, I'm downplaying all the hard work that I've put in for 40 some odd years. I literally started using oil of Olay every night of my life when I was very, very young, like 13, 14. And then I started religiously wearing SPF when I was maybe 20 years old. And I stopped tanning my face at 20. I wish I had stopped tanning my neck and hands, but that's a story for another time. Ugh, my hands. My hands are so bad. Ugh. It's terrible. Wait till you're in your 50s. And then uh, another thing is, is that I washed my face every single night of my life. And even I'd come home from clubbing or, or college parties. And I wouldn't remember the night before, but I would wake up with a squeaky clean face. So I have been putting these uh, regimes and practices into my you know daily life for a very, very long time. But it's never too late. I don't want to you know say, oh, you're 45 and you've never taken your skin seriously. Well, you're screwed because you can always start right now. And it does make a big difference to wash your face every day, tone your face, do a moisturizer. Um, I think most, dermatolo most dermatologists would agree that a vitamin C serum is so crucial for daytime and at nighttime use uh, a retinol product or a retinol alternative product. And these are great anti-aging um, skincare products that really, really do improve skin texture and clarity and give you that glow. And who doesn't want that at any age? 
Exactly. You know, um, I'm going to tell you, I've been wearing eye cream since I was 16, but I never washed my face uh, after going out (laughs) until probably my 30s at some point. I would just go to sleep with makeup on. And And you know what? And you're not alone. And it's good to talk about this so that nobody feels shame. You know, like I don't, when I, when I talk about that, I'm not trying to be like holier than thou. I'm just stating the fact that I've taken my skin very, very seriously from a young age. And I tell women, if you really are too tired at night, to go and wash your face, which takes a whole one minute, then keep makeup wipes on your nightstand. And at least you can take off makeup while you're lying in bed. It's not as good as washing, but it's better than nothing. Well, I just want to go back to what you said um, about, so you're 53 now um, regarding skincare. You said um, you wish that you had put sunscreen on your neck and hands. So in addition to that, A, how often be, is there anything else in your forties that you wish your early forties or your late thirties that you wish you did more of? Yeah, I really truly wish that I had been drinking more water all along. And that's point number two, I'll get to in a minute, but I have worn SPF almost every day of my life since probably 1990 when they started putting a 15 in um, makeup and skincare. And I never covered my neck and my hands and my chest. And now when I look at it, um, my chest has definite sun damage. My neck, I'm getting the turkey neck at 53. Um, I'd love to get my neck done someday, but it's not in the budget right now. And I, I, my hands just look so old and it's because of all the intermittent driving and exposure in Southern California, right? My mom tells me to keep sunblock in the car and put it on every time you're driving. She said that she's, oh, she's told me that my whole life. I don't do it. Um, but who even thinks about that? Well, you also get even dead of winter sun rays are coming into your car. I know. So I, so that's my advice to anyone, you know, thirties or early forties right now is please start putting that sunscreen on your, on your neck and hands, because it it just, the skin on your chest is so thin and it just starts to look really bad as you get older. I remember being, I was on, and I will never go on another one again. My brother sent us on a cruise for mother's day and um, I'll never forget being outside, putting on sunblock and my mom looks at me and said, "You did you skip your décolleté? That is the <laughs> yeah. first part of your body to start aging. If you don't start covering that with sunblock now every single day, you are going to see later on how bad that looks." Oh Lord, I I love her. She's absolutely right. So I have always been like crazy about putting block there. It's like it's like if, if there's one place I'm going, it's it's there. So um, yeah, and uh, and I'll say this too is that you know doing makeup for so many years, I would have actresses or models sit in my chair, and the ones who would drink a gallon of water a day or near that, uh, it was obvious their skin was just so plump and glowing, and so I have always been a water drinker. I really don't drink much else. Um, except for coffee in the morning. But I started a new program over summer called 75 Hard. And you have to drink a gallon of water every day. And if you fall short, you have to start back to day one of 75 days. And so I really drank a gallon of water every single day for 50 days. I quit on day 51. I'm like, peace out. I'm out of here. But it's caused me to drink more water. And my friend literally asked me a couple of weeks ago if I had Botox and I have not Botox since 2006. So the gallon of water a day is, it's very effective. It really works. Which is our second tip. Yeah. How did you leave the house? Weren't you peeing all day long? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And now it's like, now we're like coronavirus times. It's like, you don't really want to go into a lot of places to, but um, I actually drink a ton of water. I don't drink that much water. I probably drink about 32 ounces and sometimes more than that um, every day. But um, I also, I mean, 
TMI, I have a really weak bladder and I pee a lot. So, yeah. well, that's pregnancy that that stretches out everything down. No, no, yeah. I've always yes, but I've always been like that. I actually was oh, no different. I was no different when I was pregnant. But um, so a gallon a day. Wow, that's that's actually a good challenge. It's a lot. It's 128 ounces a day, and I will say since I quit doing 75 hard, I'm still probably drinking 80 to, 80 to 90 ounces a day. So it's far, far more than I used to drink because I, I would say I used to drink half a gallon a day. And uh, since you've stopped drinking that much, um, has your skin changed at all? I haven't noticed. I haven't noticed. I'm still drinking a, a, a ton. And it, what I love about water is that someone you can do it at any age. It doesn't cost any money unless you buy bottled water because you don't have good water in your in your home, but we have a water filter and, um, it, it's just, it's so easy and it's free. Right. We will get on to this one later. Um, I've also started to realize how bad alcohol is for my skin. Amen. Yeah. And, and hormones. Oh gosh. So th- that's a topic I would like to touch on if we can. Okay. So we watch social media now. I see what my daughter's looking at. Um, I look at these young girls. They are covered in foundation and it's so yucky and they don't need it. I mean, I, I've i never really worn a ton of foundation, maybe tinted moisturizer, but I'm not into the look that is, is the influence for our daughters right now. Um, and I think as you get older, uh, I find that I'm wearing almost less on my face because it sits and cracks in places and makes me look older. So just curious, um, your opinion on that and any advice for foundation? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I stopped wearing foundation when I was 36 years old. I met a woman at Fred Siegel in Santa Monica and she had the most incredible skin. And she said she only wore Bobby Brown. Um, it was Bobby Brown tinted moisturizer and so that day I switched and I only used tinted moisturizers. Now I would use foundation for special occasions, especially in the evenings. But as I've gotten older, what happens is foundation sits on top of the face. And as you get older, you get a little bit more texture. Your pores get larger. Women tend to grow more facial hair. And so foundation tends to be very aging. But if you tell someone, well, you know, you need to ditch foundation and stick to tinted moisturizer, what happens is a, a lot of women in their 40s and 50s, and I do believe a lot of this is due to alcohol consumption and wine every night of the week, but women start to get rosacea. There's more rosacea than probably ever before. And so a tinted moisturizer won't cover the discoloration on your nose, cheeks, and chin. So there is a way to go in with a heavier foundation on nose, cheeks, and chin and blend it over a tinted moisturizer so you're covering the areas that need more coverage without covering all the other areas that look old when you use foundation. So I'm not a big fan of foundation and you really have to be strategic with it as you get older. And sometimes it's just, it's just trial and error finding the right one that works for you. Okay. So tinted moisturizer. The other thing um, I feel is a necessity is concealer. But again, we can have that same issue where it sits in line. So personally, I apply concealer from the inner part of my eye just about to the middle of my eye. And then mm-hmm. I, I tap it into my skin and, and I use a um, translucent powder. I can't, I don't want to go anywhere near my crow's feet because... right. You see women that do that and it sticks in there. I'm sure you have more tips about concealer than I do. (laughs) Yeah. So I have had a love-hate relationship with concealer uh, since my 30s when I started developing uh, that sunkenness under the eye because of the orbital bone is showing um, and you get indentations and people are like, I can't get rid of these dark circles. Honey, those are not dark circles. Those are indentations on your face and you can't cover an indentation. And so it's really hard because if you want to cover any discoloration or hide the shadows of the indentation, you need heavier coverage. But then again, that shows more texture. It looks crinkly. It's not pretty close up. It doesn't look like real skin. And so women tend to be very aging under the eyes. And this brings me to, you know, tip number four is stop following 
makeup artists um, on social media who, you know, take the concealer and they do it from the tear duct out to the outside of the eye and it's huge and they blend it in with a beauty blender. That's fine if you're 20. Personally, I wouldn't do a 20 year old like that, but concealer needs to also be strategically placed, put it only where you want to hide an imperfection and really pat it in with your fingers to really melt it into the skin. And at 53, I'm actually okay. I'd rather see a little bit of darkness, but have skin under my eye than seeing a lot of makeup under my eye. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I'm starting to get a little, that that indentation under my eye and, and it's like purpley. Yeah. And it gets deeper and deeper. And, you know, if you're in good lighting, then it looks great. You know, if you have um, a, a window flooding your face, you, it floods it out. It looks great. But unfortunately, um, we can't you know, w- walk around with great lighting everywhere. The best thing is fillers. A friend of mine um, across the country, she just sent me some pictures. She got hers filled and they look absolutely beautiful, but you have to make sure you really go to the right person. I know. I was going to say, I, I've seen it done and it's been really bad on some friends. That scares me. I, I, I don't, I, yeah, I, yeah, I know yeah. you have to go to someone really good, but even the ones in New York city that people say are really good, aren't that great. So, uh, but yes, it does, it does make a big difference for a lot of people. You don't think it makes your eyes look squinty? I don't know. I will. I'm probably going to try it someday and I'll let you know what I think. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> this is a good thing. You're a little ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely ahead of you. <laughs> Another thing I'd love to see women stop doing is um, contouring and highlighting. Uh, this is another thing that is overdone. Most makeup artists um, who are real professional makeup artists, we're sick to death of seeing the contouring, the highlighting. It's just too much. It's way too much. And I see older gals walking around, you know, with products and placement, much like the un- younger women of social media. And it's very, very aging. So I would say to someone who wants to contour, unless you maybe are carrying a little extra weight and your face is maybe a little rounder and you do want to get a little bit of a chiseled cheekbone, then you're a good candidate for that. But most women look older when they contour. It's going back to, like you said, it's just, it's not pretty. It's, it does not look like pretty healthy skin. I do think though, something to make you glow is important. Me too. For me, I, I actually put it all over and then I powder out the space everywhere, but my cheekbones. So it just kind of looks like a natural highlight on my cheekbones. I just found this great, I was actually trying to find it. I posted it on my social media. Um, it's called Touch and Soul Pretty Filter Glassy Skin Balm. Have you heard of it? Ooh, no. Sounds fabulous. It makes your skin look great. Um, it's not too greasy and uh, it's not shimmery, which I think sets into lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you, it highlights the places that should be highlighted naturally. I love it. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Natural glowy skin, not like strategically placed, you know, metallic powder that, you know, a satellite from outer space could pick up. It's too much. Yeah. What else can you do to make your skin look glowy? Cause I think that's an, I think that's probably the number one thing women are seeing at our age is that we're losing that glow. Yeah, so I'm still super glowy at 53, but I really think, again, it goes back to the water. It goes back to my skincare. I use, um, I've gotten into clean beauty recently and I've noticed a huge difference getting, you know, kicking the toxins out and using just clean toxin, you know, clean chemicals that are, you know, proven to, uh, help, help skin and nourish skin without any links to endocrine or, um, hormone disruptors or cancer. And so I've noticed a huge difference in my skin in the last five to six months due to that. But also, like you said, you could find topical products. I think as you get older, if you could find um, a luminous lotion or um, a, a highlighter that comes in a cream stick, and you could put that strategically in areas that it'll look like skin. But I would really avoid powder highlighters for most women. So clean beauty is, are you talking just skincare or makeup also? For me right right now, I'm, I've really 
am sticking to clean skincare, um, hundred percent, but I'm slowly switching over to clean beauty and I'm going to be, um, switching my professional makeup kit over to clean beauty. Um, I'm getting more requests for it, but it just makes me feel good to be putting products on someone that again, isn't linked to anything health related. Um, and before it was very inferior in quality and now they have really upped the game there are some great great products on the market that um, are absolutely beautiful and are clean and i can start building a kit with you would be so disappointed if you saw what i put in on my face (laughs) no i wouldn't because i was into clean beauty in 2015 big time And then I got out of it and got back into all the traditional makeup. And so for years, I've been wearing the traditional stuff that scores high on toxicity as well. So I don't judge anybody. And I really would never, I'm not legalistic. I would never tell someone, hey, you need to throw all of your products the way you're going to get cancer and you need to go to, no, 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 that's silly. I, I just think you do a clean swap. As you run out of a shampoo, um, use it up. You spent good money on it, but can we now look for a shampoo that maybe scores low on uh, toxicity or you finally run out of a tinted moisturizer? Could you find one that scores lower on toxicity? It's those like little clean swaps as you run out of products to slowly start building cleaner things into your regime, whether it's makeup or skincare or body or hygiene. And I judge nobody because I've used everything under the sun. Okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> I have a friend who works for beauty counter and she's, she knows not to contact me. Yeah. I'm like, no, thank you. I'll yeah. take my, I'll take my cancer makeup and my that's, products. I'm good. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I'm sure I'll get more into it. It's, I think for me, it's more, I don't believe that one company is everything. Like I think you need to find things in different places. And so Absolutely. I do that, you know, I do mm-hmm. that. Um, but yeah. it's, it's like one more thing to put on my list of things to do. So I, I have my, you know, my comforts that work for me. Um, but, but I do think it's important. So I will, I will make that a goal of mine. I will switch out one thing at a time and hopefully find one. I'm going to be texting you. And just, you know, keep thinking in the back of your head. Okay. Clean swap. As I run out of something more toxic, can I find something that's great quality, but lower toxicity and just kind of do it that way, little by little, piece by piece. Um, And again, I'm not an alarmist. I would never tell someone, oh my gosh, you're going to get cancer if you use this brand or that brand. We, You know what? We already know like what cancer does to people and we know it's a big fat crapshoot. But if we could have a little bit more control of what we put in and on our body as we get older, why wouldn't we go that route? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I have, I think at this stage, I've been wearing the same makeup, doing the same makeup routine for probably the past 15 years. Um, <laughs> I, now I do, I do a very classic, so I, I hope that it hasn't gone out of style, but I, I do see women, um, who, and again, I don't judge either because I get it because I'm, I'm doing the same thing, but I do see women who are probably doing their same makeup from the nineties, uh, the way they did it yeah. then, or they're doing yeah. how they did when they were younger. And, um, so I think that I, I actually just want to tell you what I do. And then, um, and I'm curious, uh, what your recommendation is, um, for, you know, shadow placement. Um, cause that's actually one thing that I don't, really know what I should or shouldn't be doing anymore. So, um, mm-hmm. so when I, when I do my makeup and I've, I've, you know, since I had kids and a career, I've mastered how to do it very quickly. So after moisturizing, I put on, um, my new glassy, whatever it's called stuff. Um, and then I put a primer on my eyelids and a little bit under my eye where I put concealer. Um, and then I do my concealer um, use translucent over it. And then on my eyelids, I don't really contour anymore. I actually just put one base color. Um, I do use a little shimmer cause I think it's really, honestly, everyone, it depends. I, I, I try not to say guys cause I feel like I'm one of those, um, <laughs> like, Hey guys, but <laughs> every time I, I hear my mom in my head saying women aren't guys. Um, 
So everyone. Um, so there are some of us who have crepey eyelids and I do think that shimmer starts to not look great on those eyelids, but I used to put a darker one in the contour of my lid. A, I just don't feel like I have time to go there anymore. And remember when, remember when I did my first smoky eye and I, I sent you pictures and you were so proud of me. I was. <laughs> years ago. I so and I do that. I do a little cream blush, which I started doing um, on the apples, but I actually started going up almost to my temple, really lighter up there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like yeah. it lifts my face. Yeah. Um, and then I do an eyeshadow, which is actually a liner. It's a, a it's a cream stick eyeshadow that I use as a liner. Um, cause it stays on. And then I take a little powder and I blend that out and that's pretty much it. Uh, mascara. And by the way, this is like, if I'm going somewhere. <laughs> so. That doesn't sound uh, dated to me at all. Everything you just mentioned is, uh, I-, I would say, you know, what works now. And like you mentioned before, you said it's a classic look. I do think that is a classic look. And I think if you stick with a classic look, but then if you're going out somewhere, fancy and you want to add what's trending, you could always add like one thing to your face that's trending for that season, but still keep the rest of your face classic. And I think that's smart. Yeah. Oh, and press powder I use in my T T zone. Mm -hmm. Can you, can you, um, so is there any rule to shadow placement or does it depend on the person? A lot of women are scared of, 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 of eyeshadow. Yeah. I find that to be true. I think women are most intimidated by eye makeup. Anyone can kind of figure out cheeks and lips, but I I get the most requests for eye makeup. Um, So I think it depends on the person, their eye shape. Do they have a hooded eye? Do they have an eye that's kind of starting to sink in and they have a deep crease? Because obviously you're not going to put a dark shadow in a deep crease. You're going to use light colors to make the eye open up. A hooded eye, however would have darker colors, you know, closer to the the lash line and the um, eyeliner and then kind of blend up. Like, so kind of, it gets kind of ombre. It's darker at the lash line and kind of gets lighter and lighter as it goes up, but that's going to, you know, bring out a hooded eye. And so the one mistake I see women making is that they want to still do like the dark shadow in their crease, but very few women in their 40s and 50s need a dark shadow in their crease anymore. Um, As far as shimmer, you mentioned shimmer. Shimmer can show up a little tiny bit of crepiness, but so can matte shadow. Sometimes if I do a matte eyeshadow, it almost looks thicker and makes my crepiness look more pronounced than if I just did a really sheer light shimmer, which is more pretty. So I think it really just depends on what look you're going for and what formula of eyeshadow you're using. But I do use shimmer on women of all ages these days. And I wear 90s, shimmer every, every day. I love it. Yeah, it makes me feel. Yeah, it's and people pretty. are always like, oh, your eye makeup is so great. And I'm like, I didn't do anything. I just put some shimmer on there. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're doing something right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Um, I, I was trying to look this up. Uh, there's a makeup artist I really like on YouTube. Um, Lisa Eldridge. Do you ever watch her? Oh, oh I, yeah. Okay. So Lisa's, that's so funny you mentioned her. Lisa's one of my favorites. She, yeah. She does amazing. Oh, uh, I've been For watching. For her age, I feel like she really, mm-hmm. you know. She's one of my favorites. I've been watching. I haven't been watching YouTube videos in a long time, I'll be honest, but I watched her years ago and every once in a while I'll get a subscription notice on YouTube and I'll, I'll catch it for her, but she's just, um, very sensible. And I think she does very pretty. She does pretty makeup and that's what I'm about. I'm about pretty makeup. How, how do we make each person look their prettiest? And, and you do just such beautiful makeup. you you, and a ridiculously talented artist, not just makeup artist, but fine artist and could do so many, I, I'm just always in awe of you. Um, so the other, uh, oh, and before we get to the last thing, I just want to say that Michelle just got on TikTok mm-hmm. and you are really good at it. So, and I love it. I mean, I like, you have to do it more. It's so hey. funny. Yeah. You're so good at it. So I, 
signed up my daughter for TikTok in this pandemic. And I was kind of against it. And then I was like, you know what? You just feel so bad for these kids right now. And I just wanted her to have, she doesn't have any other social media. So I was like, you can have that. Um, And so I joined it to follow her and kind of see what her friends were doing. And then I got totally obsessed. I literally look at it before I go to bed at night and I can't turn it off. I get the little guy who says like, turn it off. But it's so funny because nobody my age that I know is on it. And I I feel like it's like a little secret. I almost don't want them to go on it. Um, But I am seeing, maybe it's my For You page. I am seeing a lot of things coming in of people our age. You know, I watch like hair coloring. I find that fascinating. you know, uh, all, all different things. So anyway, I just, just what is your TikTok handle? Uh, clean beauty, babe, clean beauty, babe. Okay. So last night I did a TikTok as a, first I wasn't going to do any. And then I was like, and three of my girlfriends were like, Doran, this is your wheelhouse. Like the, the, if you were 16 right now, <laughs> you would have been a TikTok star. Cause I was always, I had a video camera and I was always recording myself lip syncing and, and, dancing and stuff, but, um, me too. Me too. Yeah. I loved it. so I, I did one last night as a joke and had a curse in it, but whatever. Um, I, I as a joke to mortify Tatum and she was like, mommy, that was really good. <laughs> so, uh, I'll, have to go, I'll have to go find it. Uh, I don't think it was really good. Um, but anyway, uh, TikTok, you know, you actually can find a lot of inspiring things. It's not just watching teenagers dance no tiktok is i mean it's definitely taking over the world and it's funny because you said you know you feel like it's your little secret well it's a little secret that billions i know billions billions of people are on it and it's funny because i was on tiktok um for about a year and i was with it with gracie back when it was musically it was it was a app oh yeah 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 Mm -hmm. and then it became tiktok and we were both on it and it, it, I, I was just on it more and more and more. And then quarantine hit in March and there was a day where I checked my phone and I had been on TikTok for four hours, not in a row, but in that day I had been on TikTok for four hours and so was Gracie. And I said, babe, we have a problem. So we deleted <laughs> it. I, I, I actually used to have a different health. I used, I was health mama and I had a different handle and we, we deleted our account I went back on it in June secretly and um, just to learn how to edit videos, not to get on TikTok. But what happened was in July, I was locked out of Facebook Live. I was no longer allowed to do Facebook Live. And I needed to talk about clean beauty. And so I went on TikTok and started playing around. And it's it's kind of skyrocketed that the community that I found there, and it is a lot of women over 40 and 50 and they're so supportive and they totally get every silly thing you do. But anytime I put any of my TikToks on Instagram, people are like, Oh, yes, because they don't get it. That's why I'm saying it's my little secret. They're like, why are you doing that? You're too old. But if you look at all the other, 40s and 50 somethings on and 30 30 somethings too on TikTok. They're like awesome people that you want to be friends with. And it's a really, really supportive community and nobody judges anyone and everyone's like supportive and we all follow each other. Um, So I'm having the time of my life and I'm just getting started because I have, I've written so many ideas down today of um, videos I'm going to work on. And for me now, it is just a super, super fun hobby and community in a time in this country where um, we have so much political divide and racial tension. And while I'm not suggesting that TikTok will assuage all of that, it will certainly lift your spirits a little bit with some really great laughs. And yes, I learn great things from doctors. I learn great things from psychologists. I learn great things from, like you said, hair hairstylists and people who do color. I learned how to make the best stick of my life from a guy I, I followed for a year on there. I you just know, learned so- how to take the skin off a kiwi. I mean, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like it, yeah. it's, it's, it's it's an incredible world, and I, I I'm not trying to encourage people to get on it if they don't want to, but um, you know, I, I feel like you're missing out. It's it's a good time over there. Well, you know what the other thing is, 
I'm so over. I haven't been on Facebook in years. I only have it for groups and I, I don't have, like, I don't follow anybody. Um, but, and I have my business page, but I find Instagram so bad for my mental health because I just, and, and everybody, I just feel like, I feel like all it is, is trying to kind of show off in some ways. And yes, there are pages that are honest with funny memes. What I love about TikTok is it's just like, there's a lot of honesty and a lot of bitching sometimes too, which I, which it's kind of, uh, you know, refreshing to see as opposed to people trying to pretend that their life is amazing. There's a, there's that too. Um, and I think we all need a little bit of that in our lives. And my daughter said, she's like, mommy, the reason I like TikTok, especially when the pandemic started, she said, I feel like, um, I feel like I'm not alone in some of the ways I've been feeling. And I see other people, you know, being honest about what they're feeling or something that's making them anxious. They're kind of making a joke about. It. And, um, so Anyway, I didn't mean to get to go off on a TikTok conversation, but I think your TikTok's awesome. And hey, can you maybe you know send some followers to me because I only have like twenty. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. I'll tell you what you have to do is you have to do um you have to do a TikTok dance because I got like I, I don't know I got three hundred followers literally overnight because I did really a, because I did a stupid TikTok dance and I said. I'm only coming on TikTok to educate. I'm only coming on TikTok to watch and have fun. And here I am now doing TikTok dances. Yeah. Oh, I'm posting one tonight, a different dance tomorrow. And it's what's getting me the most attention. But I don't care because if it gets more people to my page, then I can educate people on makeup and clean beauty. And um, I'm having fun dancing and I'm probably losing weight. You know, I danced for 18 years. Tatum tried to teach me some of these dances, and I was like, ah, I can't do that. There's too many things going on at once. But maybe I'll find something that I can do. You have to find what you can do, and you have to be patient. Some of these dances are only 12 seconds, and they might take me 90 minutes to learn. Yeah, I'm not and very then, patient. Yeah, you have to be patient, but I, okay. I, I highly recommend it. <laughs> All right. All right. Cool. Um, <laughs> I, I I really love it, uh, and it's hard to say that to my daughter because I'm always like, get off TikTok. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Um, one of the last things I want to bring up because this is a very real issue and problem with women, and um, I have mentioned this before. Um, I have a lot of hormonal issues. I have had them since I w- I got my period, um, my first period. And it's, it's a battle I've been fighting my whole life. Um, I'm actually waiting to do an episode because I just found an amazing person, um, who I think is actually helping me for the first time. Oh, uh, wonderful. Yeah, but I'm not there yet. So I, I want to have a, I want to have a positive ending before we talk about that, but, um, alcohol. So I notice you're you're actually very good about it, unless you're hiding. But I notice you're like, I'm having my one glass of wine this week. Uh, it's Friday night. <laughs> Most women are not doing that, especially now, and um, are coping with anxiety and coping with having their kids home all day and um, with with wine and alcohol. Um, and and you know, I, there are definitely times in my life where I was drinking more frequently and. Um, and then would take like a week off and would realize what a huge difference it made in my skin. Yeah. Uh, so, so we know alcohol is not good for your skin. We know it's dehydrating. Oh, and also so bad for your hormones. So with every year, I'm sure all of you are realizing that, um, with every year wine, especially the sugars in wine are almost intolerable. I only drink wine if I'm day drinking, which is rare, but I, I love wine. So if I'm at a restaurant having lunch, I order a glass of wine because I just love it. But it, I, I can't, if I have more than two glasses and sometimes even that, it just really messes with my sleep. It makes me more anxious. Um, and a doctor I talked to recently told me that um, yeah, you need to stick to either clean alcohol, like, like tequila, which has low sugar. Um, he also mentioned sake, um, if you're a sake lover and he mentioned Prosecco actually as being one of the lowest sugar wines, which I never knew. Um, oh, really? That's yeah. surprising because Prosecco has so much fruit in it, it but uh-huh. it doesn't necessarily mean sugar. So, but I, I, you'll see, like, I don't, I could have a few glasses of Prosecco and I sleep fine. It doesn't bother me at all. Um, but, but 
so aside from that, that, that could be a whole other podcast. Um, is there any tip in balancing it? Because look, we're in hard times right now. So I don't think there are a lot of people giving up alcohol completely. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, would you have any advice on how to balance it so that your skin isn't totally dehydrated from it? Yeah. So I am, um, I equate alcohol to sugar consumption and, you know, we've all read the book, sugar busters or, you know, Atkins or keto, this keto, that we've read all these books. We know that when you cut sugar out of your system, your body stops craving it. Same with alcohol. The more alcohol you have, the more alcohol you want. And when I started the quarantine, I'm going to be honest, I really was enjoying a low-carb beer every afternoon, and sometimes it was two, if I'm honest. And low-carb beer does not mean that you're not going to gain weight because when you break a beer or wine down into macros, People don't want to do this and they don't want to hear it. But but when you break it down, one glass of wine or one low-carb beer actually works out to about 30 grams of carbs for four to five ounces. And how many people drink four to five ounces? Not very many. Mm-hmm. So so really a beer, a low-carb beer might even be like more like 50 or 60 carbs. And when you're adding that all up to your day, you're, you're going to just pack on the water. You're going to pack on the pounds. So I really think that if you just cut it out and save it for special occasions, then you're really going to enjoy it and savor it on special occasions. But if it becomes a coping mechanism, if if you cannot wait to have your wine every night, um, because I get it, online school with kids at home, I get it. It's stressful. But turn to something else, you know, turn to a, a nice bath, turn to a, a, a nice book, turn to do, do some type of exercise that you really, really love. Like I, like I said, I've been, I've been dancing a lot lately um, and I'm really enjoying it again. So you have to find more constructive, healthy ways to cope. I, I haven't figured it out for me yet. Um, but a lot of women swear by CBD, um, helping them, in different ways. There are teas and, and different ways of taking it. I actually didn't know that it's accumulative. So you actually have to do it all the time for it to actually it. have any benefits. So um, just, I think there's, it's overwhelming how much is out there on it. So I just, I wish like somebody would actually explain it a little bit more clearly, but um, well, there's a podcast. Yeah. You need a CBD expert. Cause I don't know a lot about it either. Um, you know, I, I know that it helps with sleep. Um, so I'm looking into possibly some for my daughter. She has trouble going to sleep and staying to sleep. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know enough about it. And it's, there's so much conflicting information on Google. It's overwhelming. Exactly. That's exactly what I mean. Okay. You know what? I actually, that's a good podcast episode. Good podcast. <laughs> Let me know and I will tune in. Okay. So alcohol, my piece of advice, if you're going to drink it, I, I drink um, two glasses of water for every glass of alcohol that I have. You know, it else helps too with, because um, you mentioned the sugars, uh, as you get older, the hangovers get worse and you could even have just one glass of wine and the next day you feel very foggy. But there's those like um, charcoal tablets that you can have ahead of time. And they, they kind of help, but I just have really cut it out of my life altogether. And I only have it for the most very, very special occasions. And then that makes it more special for me because I work way too hard on my nutrition and my fitness to let alcohol derail my efforts. And, um, I just felt alcohol made me look older. It made me feel older and it made me kind of unproductive the next day. So true so true. It gets, it gets harder and harder with every year. I, I, you know, when I I was starting this podcast, I tell women, you're not going to feel this dramatic shift at 40. It's as you, it's like now I'm 43, I'm starting to feel the shifts now. You know, it doesn't, you don't turn 40 and go, Oh, Oh yeah. Everything is changing (laughs) every year. You get a new thing. (laughs) Oh yeah. Let me tell you, 47 was a colossal shift for me. And even like, I would say 52, even last year, I mean, suddenly you'll wake up one day and gravity just took a toll somewhere on your body. And you're like, what for real? Oh, no. you know, overnight. But I mean, we have to start really um, embracing aging and making it a positive thing because if yes. you're positive about it, 
then we, um, our epigenetics will keep us healthy and give us longevity. Whereas if we're just always thinking like we're depressed that we're aging or, oh, this falls and this doesn't look good. That is so negative to your mind and to your, to your physiological health. So we have to start really being, having a message of pro aging and showing the younger women in their thirties and twenties that there is nothing at all to fear, to embrace it and love life because that's what's infectious to other people. I'm so happy you said this because when you started talking about how bad 47 was, I was like, no, because my podcast is about looking at this next part of our lives in a positive way and and not scaring anybody. And so I, I so appreciate that you just said that. And what comes with that, not just, um, what you said, but, but naturally your mindset will shift like that. Naturally, you will just be more grateful for every day. And naturally you will give a crap about anything. <laughs> you just That's don't right. care anymore. And then that, that is like one of the best things. It, it, I think it's so liberating to not care what people think anymore. Um, I'm not totally there yet, but I, my mom always tells me, oh, your fifties is when you really don't care. And you just kind of, you know, it, your forties, you're starting that. Um, your thirties, your thirties, a little bit selfish as you get to the end of it changes. Yeah, a little I'll, bit I'll, I'll hop into Facebook or Instagram live and not have a stitch of makeup on, or I'll talk about taboo talk at topics. And people are like, how do you do that? And I'm like, because I don't give a rat's ass what anyone thinks. And if I'm helping one person out there, that's why I do this. Amen. I agree. I feel the same way. Well, we, we added a couple little bonuses in here. Um, after our five topics after. Um, but I'm not going to go too much into it, but, um, obviously fitness, you brought it up. It's important. Um, I, I have found that, um, weights, um, are so much more important to me now than cardio. Yes. Um, Thank you. Yeah. It's like in the past. And by the way, I don't do, I do 20 minute weight workouts and those 20 minute weight workouts make, have made a much bigger, bigger difference in my body than anything. I used to go to soul cycle like six days a week and my body didn't change. Um, but with each year as I do weights, I find that, um, it's what's helping keep my weight off and, uh, keeping my body in somewhat decent shape. I mean, it's not so great, that's but right. well, that's because muscle burns fat and doing all the cardio, 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 you're just burning calories, but muscle burns fat. And when you do weight resistance, when you do weights, it actually builds your bone density. And there are so many women over 40 who have osteoporosis and this shouldn't be. I had a bone density test when I was 50 years old. That was three years ago. And my bone density was that of a 29 year old. And I know 100% without a shadow of a doubt, it's because I have been doing uh, weights, weights and uh, strength training for, you know, largely a decade and a half. And we're not talking about, just to make it clear, we're not talking about heavy lifting. This can be as simple as a five pound weight that you're using. Um, and there are so many great YouTube, uh, videos. I I've posted some of my stories on Instagram of people that I like, I like the kind of quiet people. I don't want, I don't want to hear you like yelling and talking about your life the whole time I'm working out. (laughs) I just want like, just, let's just do the workout. Um, So, and I will continue the more I discover, I'll continue to post those on my stories as well. Michelle, I love you so much. I have one. I I, I wish, I wish I could see you at some point, but I I have one question I leave with all of my guests, which is um, what would you tell your late 30, early 40 something self today? If you could, What, what kind of advice would you give yourself back then? I think it would be, well, number one, we covered it, put sunscreen on your neck and your hands, but also to stop playing the what if or if only game. When you, when you look back on mistakes or you look back on decisions you made and you're like, well, what if I had done this or, or if only I had done this, you have to stop that game. You have to shut that down and only look forward because looking forward is all that matters. We don't look in our rear view mirror when we're driving. We look forward. Love that. I love, love, love that. And tell um, the listeners where they can find you. 
Oh, yeah. So on uh, Facebook, I'm Michelle Spieler. It's S-P-I-E-L-E-R. On Instagram, I'm Michelle M. For Marie, Michelle M. Spieler. And on TikTok, I am Clean Beauty Babe. Okay. Great. And you will, I I guarantee you're all going to start following her and uh, fall in love with her as much as I am. Um, Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks, Lauren. It was really wonderful having you. And um, as usual, uh, if you could please rate and review the podcast, it would be really helpful and appreciated. Sharing the podcast with your friends would be helpful um, to everyone out there. And I will be back with an episode soon. It's September and things are going to get a little nuts. Thank you for listening to It's Not a Crisis. And I'm looking forward to speaking to all of you again very soon. Bye.